Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaosium. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to language for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc., which may bear resemblance to entities living or dead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Previously, on the Old Ways Podcast. Hello, Officer Johnson. Um, do you know when Lieutenant will be back? He should be back. I mean, he was supposed to be in today, just he hasn't shown up yet. Thank you, Officer. I will try back later on this morning or early this afternoon. Jack, what can I do for you? <laughs> just so you know, we might have need of you. We may have gotten ourselves in a little bit of trouble. Oh, Jesus. What did you do? Well, there was kind of a tussle at the Juju house. That's not what it says in the paper. When the basic and most important part of humanity is this quest for knowledge. And it's this truth that you're going to have to find. And that's when you're going to roll sanity. Awesome. Um, that's a 58. My sanity is... I don't think that high. Uh, 49. Doctor, you're walking through the halls here in the apartment, and you hear a series of higher-pitched laughs. It's so slow at first, and then it kind of rolls a few times. Um, I stop and listen more intently. It's it's coming from Miss O'Shea's room, absolutely. Uh, go over to her door, give it a light rap. Fraulein O'Shea? Are you okay? Just gonna keep laughing. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Old Days Podcast. I am your keeper, Keeper Michael, and I want to welcome you back into another session of the Old Ways Podcast does Masks of Neonathotep. Uh, and with me today, I've assembled some of our wonderful playing cast to my virtual right. Yes, uh, this is Lonnie. I'll be playing Lawrence Edward Oliver Forsyth, who is uh, trying to rest through all the unpleasantness. Yeah, you know, it's been a little bit of a trying evening. We had a trying evening last session. There were some serious uh, challenges for everyone to get over. Uh, I'm 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 a bit worried because everywhere Miss Lane goes, she seems to set something on fire. You would mean Miss Miss O'Shea set something on fire. Or Miss, o, Miss O'Shea this time. Okay, sorry. Yes. Right this time. Now, what is it? We've got a couple of couple of pyromaniacs, maybe. Anyway, we'll we'll delve into that in a little bit. Uh, to uh, to his right. This is Morgan. I play Lillian Lane, and apparently, I need to hire a decorator. Apparently, and at the end of the table. This is Jake, and I'm playing Jack Doyle, and. You know, I just want a day where nothing crazy happens. I mean, it, it's important to have goals, right? Right. Right. And then last but most certainly not least, 
This is James. I'll be playing Dr. Sigmund Tartenbach, the group physician. And uh, he's seriously reconsidering his thoughts on sleeping in. Yeah, yeah. No, I could totally see that given your, uh, you probably had a, a long night a little bit with, uh, with your, you know, re a, a reoccurring patient. And uh, maybe you'll delve into the world of crafts just in case you, Miss uh, Lane could provide you with a long trench coat, maybe a few leather belts. It's amazing what I can make when I have to. <laughs> we are going to open the curtain tonight uh, back at Miss Lane's apartment uh, on a beautiful, beautiful, uh, cold but crisp day. Um, the morning weather is still firmly on the other side of thick walls and reasonably thick glass and... Um, the investigating crew begins kind of rousing awake. Um, and doctor, one of the first things you notice is uh, Miss O'Shea has not come out of her room, uh, the other room that she's been placed in. Immediately go and uh, just peek my head in and make sure that she's still there and asleep. Yeah, she's definitely sleeping. Um, just by the color, uh, it appears that she's deep in recovery at this point. After that, maybe some breakfast. Yep. Uh, Miss Lane, your apartment is soon buzzing with uh, your fellow investigators. Fellow investigators are getting into all sorts of things, <laughs> trying to uh, acquire enough breakfast. Hannah is working very diligently to get everyone what they need. Uh, and yeah, you come out. I head to the table, and I'm assuming there's probably pastries and coffee already sitting there. So I pour myself a cup of coffee and sit down. Good morning. Aunt Hannah tries to, to beat you to pouring your coffee. She tries to get there before you do. I wave my hand away and, yeah, Hannah, I, I am capable of pouring my own cup of coffee, but thank you. Of course, Miss Lane. Good morning, Doctor. Good morning, Uh Jack, the, the morning for you is... Uh, a little stiff shoulder while recovered is still a little stiff um, but you can't escape the draw of fresh black coffee yeah, so I get some coffee with some uh, alcohol in it <laughs> that'll help my shoulder loosen up help the rest of you loosen up as well oh you know oh we want to go to Arkham today? Well, we don't have much else, much else to do. Uh, we've already set Miss Lane's apartment on fire, so <laughs> that's off my list. By the way, I am quite sorry, Miss Lane, about your apartment. That's fine. Nothing a little, you know, paint and new carpet and new bedding and just new. We'll, you know, fix right on up. Perhaps this is an opportunity for you to shop. Like she needs an excuse. Sorry. Oh, fine. Come on. <laughs> that, was, that was pretty good. Oh, wait, the last time Miss Lane went shopping, it was at the Juju house, and that that ended with a whole bunch of people in not yeah. such a great situation. Yes, next time I go shopping, I go by myself. As if Miss Lane would go shopping for paint and carpet, carpet anyways. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> This is what we have servants for. This is true. 
So Arkham, um, yeah. What are we going to be doing in Arkham? We've had numerous clues kind of point in that direction, haven't we? Yeah, there's a couple of people we need to talk to out there. Um, Doctor, you would have remembered that Miss O'Shea was, she was, she's probably going to be interested in checking on her mother, who you are aware is uh, currently at uh, the Arkham Hospital. And of course, Miss O'Shea's mother will need some consideration. If she is not going to be going with us, then we must stop at least to make sure that she is all right so that when Miss O'Shea is all right, we can assure her. I will do this if nothing else. Doc, you figure you could probably take her with. Um, the hope would be is that she might recover either uh, during the day, during the ride there. And that's the other thing, too, is the, the group will have to decide how they're going to go to Arkham. It's about a six-hour or so drive, which really isn't very realistic for the era, although it could be done with Miss Lane's various uh, sundry uh, uh, financial assistance. Uh, a train to Arkham would go, will get there. You can get there through Boston. Um, but that's, again, probably a four-hour or so train ride. And then you'll have to take some, what we would call, uh, country roads to get down to Arkham. Uh, or to get, uh, not country roads, you, you take the train and you'll be fine. If you drive, you have to take a few country roads to get there. My vote is for the train. A train ride sounds very relaxing right now. Sounds good. Mr. Doyle? A train ride? We do want to, I do want to call the police station and see if a pool has shown up yet. Yeah, that's definitely a good idea. Yeah, that's absolutely just something the characters would have to make a decision on, and then we would go from there. Mr. Doyle, do you want to call the police station today? Yeah. You phoned the police station. Uh, the desk sergeant uh, picks up and you ask for Lieutenant Poole. It's probably about probably about a little half, up, half after 8, 8.30 or so. Or you, you hear it get transferred back. Poole. Oh, and Poole, I just wanted to make sure you were in. Who is this? Just a concerned citizen. Thank you. <laughs> you hang up. Confirmation enough, right? That's all I needed. Okay. So is he alive? Yeah, he's fine, I guess. Answer his phone, at least. Well, that's good. It's some hard for the dead to do. I assume. All right, so a train ride. Yes. So I suppose what I'd like to get from each one of you, uh, and we'll start with just the route around the table really quick. We'll start with Mr. Forsyth and get an idea of what you'll be bringing with on your travels to Arkham. And then what, if any, preparations you're making beforehand. Because uh, remember, the those of you who went and got clothes, they're supposed to be delivered today. Oh, shit. Well, we we would probably take an afternoon train. Because I assume... Well, do you need those clothes today? Today, no. Like, we could have Hannah, you know, meet the delivery people. I'm sure we still have to uh, 
try them on in case there's any uh, alterations that need to be made. I mean, those clothes were basically for the party at Miss Carlisle's. Uh, and that, that party is happening in two days. We cannot take very long at Arkham. Well, if it's a four-hour train ride there, which if we don't leave until this afternoon, we get there before early, you know, late afternoon. I mean, we're essentially already going to be spending the night over there, I would guess. So we wouldn't be back even until tomorrow anyways. That's fair. Yeah, we can do that. As long as we get back in time for the party, that is all as I'm concerned about. Otherwise, I'd say it is going to be a fun trip. Of course it is. Yeah, totally fun. Who doesn't like a good train ride, right? Chin up, Jack. It cannot rain all the time. Something terrible is going to happen in Arkham. I mean, it could. It's the winter, so I doubt it will be... Uh... Not very much is going to rain anytime soon. We'll proceed with the idea that uh, each one of you will give me a somewhat reasonable explanation of what you're bringing, just to kind of clear the the deck, as it were. Uh, so, Mister Forsyth, what's the uh, what's the plan? Revolver, brass knuckles, as always, because you know a gentleman may need them. These people may be anywhere, and I'll also be carrying my field glasses in my vest pocket. Field glasses. Okay, interesting, interesting. Any other books or writing material or anything you might be bringing along with as well? I'm not really one for that sort of thing. Okay, fair enough, no problem. I leave that to the uh, more uh, administrative members of the uh, of the group. This lane? Um, well, I'll be wearing regular, like, civilian-type clothes. Wear, um, like, knickers and uh, shirts, boots, something that to travel comfortably in. I, just for Lonnie, I'm totally bringing my 20-gauge shotgun. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going to put it, but, you know. You should probably consider that. In the overhead. The rack. doctor says nothing about her bringing the gun this time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, uh, that's probably a fair point. He probably considers it for a moment and then just doesn't. I do hand have handcuffs too, but I don't think we'll need those. Brings them along. Okay. <laughs> Um, handcuffs, I have a writing tablet, utensils, and I'm bringing flares. The rich really are different from us. <laughs> I suppose, yes. Okay, good to know, good to know. Uh, Jack, what's the uh, what's the setup look like for you? Well, I'm bringing a change of clothes because we're staying overnight. 45 brass knuckles. Uh, some a notebook to write with, and I think I'm going to bring my camera because I keep forgetting I have it. I need to start using it. Oh, interesting. You're going to bring your camera. Okay. Yeah, you uh, don't have a rifle to bring because that's been pilfered from you. 
don't don't remind me. I'm all salty about it. Well, I mean, remind me again what the date is. It's the twenty second. Uh, so the twenty second of January is a Thursday. So I suppose that leaves the doctor. What are your choices, sir? Oh, well, I refill the doctor's bag. Or, you know, refill the bag with the usual medical accoutrement. Um, sedatives, painkillers, uh, usual. Uh, first aid kit, astringents and such. Um, blank book, writing utensil. Uh, get a new. I need to get a new cane. If they haven't delivered my new cane, I send possibly some one of one of Miss Lane's servants out to get one because I don't want to be having everyone rely I don't want to have to use everyone else as a crutch sure change of clothes yeah, see that and the uh, nautical chronometer I'll go ahead and put that in my bag as well oh the marine chronometer marine. okay yeah it's just nautical marine roughly the same thing Okay. Are you gonna reasonably prep Miss O'Shea to to kind of come with as your uh, medical charge? Yep. As as my medical okay. charge, I will prep her with a couple changes of clothing, her basics, her books that she never leaves behind. Uh, I know her pretty well by this point, so I do uh, put together a, a pretty good travel outfit for her, travel kit for her. Yeah, you. Uh, I would say that you uh, definitely know her fairly well at this point, so you'd be able to get a rough idea of, well, I have a good idea about what she normally brings with, because you see her bring stuff with all the time. Uh, so yeah, you easily get uh, her things together while she's Kind of sort of coming around. Tell that the medicine you gave her definitely is having a sustained effect on her. She looks, quite frankly, she looks a little passed out. But uh, you figure that it's for the best. Languid. Oh yeah, Fantastic. yeah. She's you've you've definitely Renfield her. Well, good. That will keep her. I don't want to use the term pliable but it will keep her socially pliable she'll be easier to this way dear right yeah that's kind of the way that uh we'll proceed in travel is we'll assume that you're assisting miss o'shea uh into and out of any vehicles uh, probably with the assistance of either jack or, or mr Forsyth, just phys- because of physical uh their physical ability yeah exactly you proceed to a train station a little while later after uh, making your arrangements. Doctor, you are able to get the cane secured. It actually comes before comes before the uh, the rest of the clothes do. Uh, Hannah mentions that she uh, had called down for it specifically because she heard that you were all leaving. Uh, so they sent it up quickly. So while... Uh, while uh, and you board a car uh, driven by Charles. You get into Miss Lane's larger vehicle and you head out to the train station, which uh, luckily for you guys is uh, not too far. So you are able to uh, run down to uh, and get, get out to the uh, Grand Central Station. 
and then board a train for our Boston and, and then ultimately Arkham to uh, you will be you'll need to train uh, change trains a couple of times uh, but you at least get down to the station and once on board the train you get a sense that the city is still very much in the grips of this uh, the after effects of the blizzard uh, and while the majority of the snow itself has slowed uh, the city is has really forced a lot of businesses to either kind of pitch in or to to not do business force the hands of some of the the local businesses here to help shovel out from all the snow um, but the majority of the snow has uh has been cleared so the the travel impediments that you dealt with not but you know, a week or so ago uh, have for the most part have lifted uh, union station gantry station is uh busy as always uh, with trains coming in and out and people coming in and out uh, but you get on board the train itself uh, and get settled so the train itself is relatively uh, a, sim- a simple, basic uh, commuter train that goes from here to Boston uh, on a pretty regular basis. It pulls out, um, say, about midday. You manage in your process of getting prepared and getting ready to go, you manage to uh, sync up fairly well with... Uh, the train schedule, and luckily for you all, you get headed out to Arkham. It appears that you're, you'll arrive in uh, the Arkham area probably by about 6 o'clock. So it is looking, anyway, it's looking a little bit like uh, you may have to find dinner options soon thereafter. So what are you doing to entertain yourself along the way? I am reading a copy of the New York Tribune. Oh, really? I am. It's very interesting. There's an article about Mr. George Gershwin is going to be premiering a new jazz concerto piece in the first week of February. Ooh, really? Mm-hmm. Fancy. As we don't know it yet, but it will be entitled Rhapsody in Blue. Ooh. Yeah, probably won't amount to anything, right? Won't be a, won't right. be an important song, right? Well, Irving Berlin's going to be there too, so you know. <laughs> uh, doctor, are you paying attention mostly to your patient? Mostly to my patient, and when she is sedated enough that she doesn't need my immediate attention, I uh, idle chit chat with with uh, Jack and watching the countryside go by out the window. Okay. Okay, Miss Lane? I am studying the notepad that I brought with. It holds uh, previous, well, notes from my travels and whatnot. Jack, how drunk are you attempting to get in secret? No, I'm kidding. I just like to keep a nice buzz, okay? Well, just saying. 
I will, I will, you know, keep up the chit chat. I also want to start trying to uh, book, see if I can find, kind of your stuff out, you know, investigate. Okay. And anything specific? Uh, mostly, I just trying to put together what we have so far. Okay, that's reasonable. I just kind of get it all organized. Specific, you're trying to to collate, or anything you're trying to uh, details you're trying to go after. No, I'm trying to put uh, everything we've learned in the past few days in there, trying to make sure I've gotten everything that we've already unearthed, written down. I've definitely, uh, you know, asked the others to fill me in on stuff for if I've missed anything. Okay, so... Help Jack with his notes. (laughs) Well, I would love to hear you help him. Well, anytime he anytime he comes up uh, short with a you know like what happened when, I'll see if the doctor remembers, you know, obviously uh, what came next or oh, but nope, you forgot such and such. Hmm. That's a lot of notes to regale. I, you know, I figure we probably brought along some of the uh, clues that we have, like the papers and stuff. Yeah, I can imagine that after what happened at the Hotel Gerard. Investigators might be a little bit more concerned about just leaving newspaper clippings lying around. Yeah. So, uh, if that's the case, uh, you have quite a lot of information potentially to review. As far as you know about the current prospect you're going after, you just know that this Professor Cowles gave some sort of some sort of speech or some sort of uh, presentation uh, at NYU at some point, and that uh, it was supposedly it supposedly uh, governed specific Polynesian South Pacific uh, cults. Uh, that he's a PhD, and just from the little clipping you have. Uh, the lecture was supposed to run a couple of hours, or did run a couple of hours, although you're not really certain of the date because the the scrap that you found in uh, the Hotel Chelsea, room 410, it only lists, it just says tonight only. There's no date on it. I'm assuming that that has already come and gone. Yeah, he's a evidently a Loxley Fellow of Polynesian Esoteria at Miskatonic U. So he is some sort of visiting professor. Okay. You can see there on the on the, the piece of paper that you've gotten from the clipping from Elias that it says that he's a professor uh, at the University of Sydney, Australia. So he must be some sort of visiting professor. Yeah. Hopefully they're still he's still there and we can talk to him. But I want to see what... I'm assuming that Jackson Elias went there and he may have talked to him, so I want to see if he's talked to, you know, Jackson. Yeah, I guess the the thing that you probably have collated a little bit at this point is 
that every scrap of this of these papers that Jackson collected, he had some sort of interaction. Or at least that seems to be the case at this point. Mm-hmm. I mean, the anything from the matchbook to uh, some of the, uh, the newspaper clippings that he got in regards to some of the news stories that were out, the uh, Emerson Imports card that the doctor used uh, to eventually locate Silas and Kwane, which we fully know where that went at this point. It's a dead end now. Yeah, well, uh, as far as you know, yes. I'm still having a hard time sleeping after... The doctor's having a hard time sleeping after what they faced in the basement there, so yeah... Yeah, totally understandable. Do you have all the evidence sitting out on the table? Does that include the matchbook? Well, I would assume so. It's probably under some papers or something, because there's not much I can do with it yet. So I kind of glance over at what you guys are doing, because you're making a bunch of noise, and I'm trying to read. And I notice the matchbook under there, and I kind of grab it out, and ask you guys because uh, I don't remember was I with you guys when we got that no okay I didn't think so because I don't remember it but so my question is is where did you guys get this from um apparently Jackson had and he gave it to uh, um the lawyer Carlton Ramsey yeah Carlton had mentioned to you Jack that Elias had dropped off the uh, he he dropped off the matchbook and that Edison cylinder a couple of days before uh, you guys found him dead in room 410. I believe that was the last time that um, Carlton had seen Edison. Absolutely. Last time that they talked. I, I miss Lane with nat- matches a bit nervously, but don't say anything. I notice him <laughs> looking at me and, you know, I... I I'm not going to light anything on fire this time, okay? I offer Miss Lane a cigarette. <laughs> um, so, do we know where this place is? Hong Kong, Shanghai, somewhere in the Orient. Are we sure about that? No. It's certainly an Oriental boat. And it doesn't look ocean-going. And there's no Lantern Street in uh, New York, as far as I know. Miss um, Lane, they would have all the assembled clues. You'd be able to see the the photograph of the boats, and those are definitely not uh, definitely not boats you'd see in New York. So wherever that picture was taken, it was absolutely not New York. Right, but what if the picture and the matchbox came from two different places? Just because they arrived together doesn't mean they were. Well, they actually didn't technically arrive together. Are we just assuming that 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 the matchbox is from the same place as the picture? Not necessarily, but okay. I mean, it's a fairly good uh, assumption so far. Obviously, he has uh, an interest in the Orient. There's uh, absolutely a location, most likely in the Orient, for us for some reason. My only question is, is that if the, if the matchbox is really from Shanghai, why the writing is in English on the matchbox? Why is it not in their native language? At the time, a lot of 
places in China have uh, English-only enclaves. The British have an extremely large uh, presence in China right now, long, along with uh, America and a couple other country, European countries. Yeah, so um, just kind of uh, as an overview, Shanghai for that something that has in, during the 20s and 30s, it's it's considered very much a Paris of the East and the New York of the West. It gets a lot of different travelers from a lot of different places. And things being in English, especially because don't think of them as English like, oh, this is written in English for American travelers. No, 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 no. This is written in English for British travelers, um, especially because Britain, well, the United Kingdom plays a huge role in that area and, and having done so for centuries up until that point. It's a really strange place. Uh, one of the more valued currencies there is, is uh, the Mexican silver dollar. Intriguing. Yeah, I mean, even the architectural style of Shanghai during the time is modeled after British and American designs. So there's a large influence. There's a large American and a large British influence that happens. So it wouldn't necessarily... Uh, be out of kilter to have something printed having something like like a matchbox printed with multiple languages on it i mean you can even see that there is there's chinese script on the box as well so it's not to say that it's only written sure but she brings up an excellent point you don't really know a whole lot about that matchbox or the photo for that matter so i have a question Seen as Lillian has traveled quite a bit, especially after college, which included Asia, India, so on and so forth, which probably includes, you know, Shanghai, Hong Kong. Mm -hmm. You know that new talent I got, photographic memory. Mm -hmm. Could I utilize that to see if I'd seen that in Shanghai or? Anywhere else. And... All right, I want to know if I've seen that. The, obviously, the cat is the big part of it. Uh, I mean, that's their symbol for their place. So I'd like to do, see, do a no roll to see if I have seen that anywhere in my travels, whether it be, sh well, obviously Shanghai or. Sure. And make the roll. No way. You, you're considered to have advantage on this, Miss Lane, so you can roll twice and take the better of the two rolls. Boom. Success. Let's just not okay. take that one. Well, there you go. <laughs> no, but that's that's good, because that means that it's... You made it either way. Okay. So you're looking at the matchbook itself? Yep. Okay, so a couple of things about the matchbook, then. One thing that pings off of your kind of brain a little bit from your memory is not the stumbling tiger, not the tiger itself, not the text in in uh, the foreign languages and stuff like that. But what really trips your mind is Lantern Street, because you've been on Lantern Street in Shanghai. Maybe not directly in front of this club, but you remember coming across that street. Uh, so you know it's a real street there in Shanghai without even 
you know, making any sort of inquiries. Okay. I relay that information. Um, they have that same, they have the, the photograph as well, so you could look over that too. Oh, the, the one with the ships? The one with the boats. Interesting. Okay, do you want me to do a no roll for that too? I do. Mm, hard success, very good. Let's go with the hard success. So the one thing that kind of tickles your brain a little bit about this photo is you have seen that river uh, specifically because you spent a little time visiting in Shanghai and you know that that photo was taken somewhere along the Wangpu River in Shanghai. It's definitely a river in Shanghai so that the picture was definitely taken there as well. I, I do relay that information to the to Mr. Doyle and, and you know the doctor. Um, I let them know that the I did I have been on Lantern Street in Shanghai, um, so uh, this club is definitely in whatever it is is in Shanghai. Um, actually, interestingly enough, uh, you would also know that that river specifically cuts essentially cuts directly through downtown Shanghai. Uh, and it's very common for trading ships like those really, really, uh, you know, shallow river boats to travel up and down the river, which is in the photo pretty much extensively what you're seeing. So, yeah, you know quite a bit about that. So eventually, I'm, I'm assuming we're going to have to take make a visit to Shanghai. Doctor claps his hands gleefully. I've never been to Shanghai. That sounds fun. Let's go. I mean, when we have time. Oh, I have no doubt that we'll be heading to or near there anyhow. The train turns along. Um, you hear the clatter of the tracks, and you guys have reached uh, New York, and you're into the countryside at this point. Uh, the hours stretch a little bit as you fumble over pieces of paper, read back over clues, and kind of get back into some of the more um, physical investigative properties of this. And, Doctor, you stumble back along the uh, medical records that you'd taken from the board. And you kind of just give them a passing glance, and you remember how deeply disturbing... Uh, uh, Hudson's notes are, or Houston's notes are, on uh, what uh, what Roger Carlyle was going through. The dreams and his uh, tumbling psychoses. Right, and you reference them in uh, a little bit anyway into uh, what your current patient is going through. And you can see like the differences between the internal struggles uh, versus somebody who uh, have evidently had their struggles in a very external way. And you find it interesting that Roger Carlyle, a very extroverted, very um, uh, well-spoken man who kind of 
let it all hang out socially, had very deep internal struggles. And Miss O'Shea is kind of the mirror to that. I uh, absentmindedly, you know, fuss over her a little bit as I'm kind of mulling this over and her connection to these dreams. I don't like this. I don't like the way she's in, the, the state that she's in. Mr. Doyle, I have a hard time with this. One book to do, should do this. I don't understand how. I don't think it's just the book. Under a tremendous amount of stress. And then for a while, we all have. This is true, Jack. This is true. That facing that thing in the basement, reading the book, I would be more than anyone could bear. But she, she, I will recover. I think she will. You just need to give her uh, time, and maybe it'll you know, help her for uh, along. Agreed. She stirs a little bit there on the chair and tries to reposition her body a little bit to get more comfortable. I'm going to go for coffee. Would you like something, Doyle? Yes, coffee, please. Miss Lane, Mr. Forsyth. Nothing for me, but thank you. Uh, yes, actually, that sounds quite quite nice. Um, Mr. Forsyth, your pocket feels a little funny. I know what that is. Does it feel warm or does it feel cold? Uh, it's definitely warmed up. I will uh, take it out and examine it. Okay. Uh, Miss Lane, you see Mr. Forsyth take out a very strange stone. Uh, it seems to be some form of lapis. At least the color is for sure. And you see that as it's, as it's in his hand, you can see it's got definitely a, a sort of marbling to it. It's mostly blue, but then it's got some streaks of grays and whites in it. It's a fascinating stone. Where did you get that from, Mr. Forsyth? A rather a rather interesting fellow gave me one. Really, all of us have one, except for yourself. Way to point that out, Lenny. I have a magic rock and you don't. <laughs> so what does it do? I mean, Barbie, is it just a rock? I was told it was a... a ward, shall we say. Protection. Is it still warm in my hand? Yeah, actually, it's not only warm, but it's getting even warmer. I drop it in her hand. You drop it in her hand. Uh, Miss Laney, he drops something in your hand that's probably at least body temperature, if not a little hotter. And uh, it's uh, it, the stone has a, a definitive vibration to it. Like you can feel it almost humming in your hand. Uh, gentlemen, you may want to check yours as well. So... And perhaps prepare for trouble. Um, 
Well, then I go back to my doctor bag. So what does it mean if it's warm? I mean, is is warm bad, I'm, I'm assuming? I don't know. But whenever it changes like this... I rummage through my bag until I can find mine. Until the doctor I've, can find I take heed when it changes. Miss Lane. So, so were you guys carrying these at the Juju house, by the way? I was. I don't know if the others were. I always carry mine. It was in my bag. It's just a nice little predictor, apparently, if something's going to happen. So, Miss Lane, the stone begins to vibrate a little heavier, like to the point where uh, it's like having a. It's like I would equate it with like having a a PlayStation Two controller in your hand, like when the yeah, rumbler packs on. So I'm assuming this doing this is bad. <laughs> I don't know. And I uh, take the stone back from Miss Lane. Do you take the stone back from her, uh, Mr. Forsyth? And you see the stone begin to change color. Uh, it, the color, the the strong blue that it is, it almost bleeds away. From the uh, those, those rivulets of white and gray that are kind of through the lapis, and it becomes a an, an intense red with a bit of magenta. I will, with my uh, non-shooting hand, uh, go into my pocket and uh, put on the brass knuckles and hold my hand in my pocket for now. Okay. Uh, Doctor, you pull yours out of your bag. Uh, Your stone feels the same as it did the last time you picked it up. Um, It has not changed at all. It is not altered in any way. Well, I drop mine into my pocket, and then, uh, well, mine seems no different. Um, I will keep my eyes open, and I have three coffees to go get. I will be right back. I think I want to start looking around the compartment. Or maybe uh, poke my head out and down the center, the the center of the aisle, and see if I see anything. So that'll be a spot hidden, probably. Mm, there's really no need to roll at this point. Um, you you definitely can poke your head out. Um, you see passengers aplenty. And other than that, you don't really see anything amiss. Passengers moving up and down the center of the compartment? Yeah, seems like a fairly normal train ride. Okay. I mean, people are sitting, people are talking, people are smoking, etc., etc. So can you go to the car where, uh, the, the, the dining car to collect some coffee? You see that there's, uh, a fair amount of uh, folks in there trying to uh, enjoy their coffee. Um, you step up to the wait staff that's uh, assisting folks, and he asks you, uh, "What can I get you, sir?" Um, good morning. I would like three of your, uh, how do you say, cups of joe, please. Oh, coffee, right? Absolutely, sir. 
he uh, begins you know, working Dark the shit. magic of uh, preparing cups and saucers and starts pouring some out. You see that they have a fair amount uh, to the side there uh, for him to work with. Uh, but there is definitely something amiss here. But you can't put your finger on it just yet. Look around the car, just casually, nonchalantly, kind of just examining everyone that's in here, what's going on, what they're doing. You give a good look around, and you get the feeling like there are people on this train. I guess somebody on this, in this car, is not. Something's not right. To pinpoint it, though. I'd like you to give me a spot hidden roll. That's an 83 over 58. You collect the coffee. Uh, he, the server, uh, sets it all up for you and says, uh, would you uh, need a hand delivering that down? That would be wonderful. Thank you. Wunderbar. He motions one of the uh, orders over and they grab a cup, the two of the cups and you pick up the other one and you head back to your seats. They return with uh, with some coffee on in front of you there on the table. Is there anything else I can get you, uh, ladies and gentlemen? Not at all, thank you so very much. I tip him like a couple of pennies. He tips his hat. I appreciate that, sir. Thank you. The train continues on, and you see, probably after a good couple of hours... A lot of the folks that are sitting around you just kind of eventually settle in. People have read their papers. People have, um, you know, gotten comfortable enough on the train. They've gotten used to the swaying back and forth, the wind blowing outside, the clatter of uh, the train and the steam engine in front of you. And you almost feel like a rhythm is coming in. And after that, the signs of civilization again as Boston begins to loom. Dr. Uh, Miss O'Shea stirs a little bit at the uh, change in speed. They check her over, make sure she's okay, assure her that everything is fine, and she starts to, you know, if she starts to fuss too much. Uh, She does a little bit, but it seems that she's in a situation where no, she's in a position where she just has to adjust out of uh, being stiff. I mean, the trains are reasonably comfortable. Uh, they're more comfortable than an automotive in a, in a long journey like this, but uh, they're not, what would you say, uh, not the, the best seating, of course. I would assume, Miss Lane, that you got reasonably classed not. tickets. We didn't, we didn't go over all that, but I would assume that uh, Miss Lane's not going to travel coach. No. Then again, maybe she would. I, I don't travel coach for peasants. She doesn't do that cheap stuff. Yeah. Peasants. <laughs> huh, peasants. Uh, you guys change out at uh, Boston. Get on a new line and get into a much older train and one maybe that has a a few less uh, of the of the fineries themselves. Uh, you do find that uh, this car lacks any sort of dining car. So 
uh, you realize that you're going to have to probably eat in Arkham. Uh, and it's at that point that uh, that you see that the crowd itself from New York to Boston definitely thins greatly as you get on the train that goes towards uh, Salem first and then through uh, Beverly and eventually to Arkham. I imagine the crowd on the train gets younger as we go along as well. A little bit, yeah. It does uh, It does get a little younger, if only because you're going to a, what is, in effect, a, a town with a college. Before we get on the train, I want to see if I can pick up a Boston paper. I just want to make sure, I just want to kind of get an idea of what's going on around here before we get out there. What's going on in the Boston papers? Uh, a lot of the a lot of the storm blew up here as well uh, in the past week or so. It's just that the city of Boston isn't as equipped as New York is. So uh, the big thing there for them is going to be, uh, for them currently, is stuff like digging out from under this. Um, They have had to discontinue some of the bus lines uh, because the trucks themselves are just simply not capable of it. Um, and uh, after that, they did have a couple of houses recently caught fire. And uh, you see the basically the big front page that you guys get, that you get uh, that day is that uh, there was a man, a man killed and two other animals in a uh, house fire that happened on the west side of town. Uh, evidently, a strong wind came through, blew over uh, part of the roof, and dislodged the chimney. It ended up starting a fire in the house while he was asleep, and then uh, the the house was up in flames. That's some bad luck. Seems that way, yes. the current ebb of the news from Boston. The Boston to Salem and then eventual Arkham line is going to take a couple more hours. Uh, It's about three or so when you pull into Boston. Okay. Anybody else doing anything other than Jack getting the paper? I'm just keeping an eye out. Occasionally um, is is my uh, stone still warm? It has cooled just a little bit, but the color has retained uh, that that um, magenta, that hot magenta color is uh, still present. You feel you feel more comfortable holding it. Yes. Um, you'd rather at this point just keep your hand in your pocket. You think it's safer that way. As I get back, they tell Jack. Jack, there's something not right. Can't put my finger on it, but there's something about this trade that says it's not not quite right. Do you know what I mean? Perhaps I'm being paranoid for all of our misadventures. Uh, Just because you're paranoid, paranoid doesn't mean you're wrong. I have yet to be wrong. That is what disturbs me. Um, I'm going to go just take a walk around the train. 
of the new train or the old one? Well, as soon as he tells me, I guess I take a walk around whatever train he tells me. Okay. Uh, so, if you're taking a walk around the train that you just got off of, that people are still kind of getting off of and they're preparing to get into the switch house and, and eventually turn around and go back to New York. There's all sorts of different people getting off the train still. Uh, obviously, first, you guys that are that are sitting up front are going to get out first. Uh, and then as they pull the train through the station, the rest of the people get off. Go ahead and give me a spot hidden roll and we'll make it incumbent on a hard success. 45 under 92. That is a hard success, as it says. Chaos of people coming and going. You do see a couple of folks here that are in really good spots to do exactly what you would be doing if you were tailing somebody. They're wearing relatively nondescript gray or brown suits. They have clothes and fedoras that look in reasonable condition. They look like they fit in with any other sort of traveling people. Uh, And they're also, they're not together, they're separate. Um, But they're definitely keeping an eye on your general area. Right, so I will uh, in mind and then when we go to the next train see if they follow. Okay. Uh, You guys get loaded up on the next train. It leaves in about 15, 20 minutes. And uh, Dr. Yu and Mr. Forsyth get uh, Miss O'Shea settled into maybe not the most comfortable chair, but hopefully she's only in it for another hour or maybe two. Short amount of time. One would hope. One would hope. I confess to being a bit worried about her uh, extended convalescence, shall we say? She had quite a shock to her system. I think she will be okay, though. She is a fighter. We have never known her to just give up. And she has many things that she wants to be answered. And if nothing else, that will drive her to be getting better. The train begins to pull out of the station pulls out slow and eventually moves northward after it skirts Boston a bit. After about 15 to 20 minutes on these tracks, you suddenly realize that the tracks that go this far north uh, are maybe not as in uh, well repair as the others. There's a bit more of a shake to this train. Either that or someone's loosened (laughs) Uh, some of the uh, some of the parts of this train to rattle a bit because when it takes certain types of turns or it goes up or down there's a definite shimmy that was not there before mechanical repair sure if you want to roll it I mean you're not a a train engineer but if you would like to to try to determine what's wrong we did have uh, trains running in in the cut. Yeah, absolutely. That's a hard success. Fourteen under sixty. Sure. Uh, so the train itself, uh, shaking and swaying and stuff like that, is uh, a lot of times it's called track hunting. 
And so it depends on directional stability. You're fairly familiar with this. But that, you know, resulting oscillating force can have a serious effect on the cab cars themselves. And this train, you just having seen, gotten having gotten into it, you knew notice that the train that goes north to Arkham is just a little bit ricketier. It's just a little bit older than everything else. And so uh, putting everything aside that it, you know, of, of exterior forces, it's much more likely in your, you know, well-grounded and orderly brain that this is simply a case of this train is showing its age. So it doesn't seem suspicious. It's just... Right. For somebody who is happy to look for things that are suspicious, this simply just, with your educated brain on this topic, simply just isn't something to worry about, at least at the moment. It's just old. I relax back into my seat. I still keep my hand in my pocket, though. It seems safer. Miss Lane, you begin to fall back into a wave of memory as the train continues to go north. It has been years since you have been to Arkham. Thankfully. Uh, But you are now on a nightbound train heading back to a flood of memories from the university to the underground portions to uh, ghouls in the night, things that you'd rather never speak of. You'd promised yourself that you were going to do the best you could to stay away from Arkham for forever. And now you're headed back to it. I did spend a long time uh, trying to forget everything that happened there. Good. So I wonder I wonder what you might what you might feel on a day like this. It's almost uh, a new moon. So as you're coming into Arkham, it, the sky is mostly uh, clear. There's very little lunar illumination. Uh, as it's gotten, it's getting dark at this point, and you can definitely see that. You can see the look that the city gives you from afar. You can see the, you know, slight skyline. Although there isn't much here in, in Arkham per se, there is a little bit. You can see the community church. You can see some of the buildings, and then the university. I just watch quietly out the window. Keep to myself. My thoughts to myself. Full far away look in my eye. Are you alright, Miss Lane? Yes, Doctor. I'm I'm fine. Of course, Farline. If you ever need to speak to someone, you let me know. I am a doctor not only of the body, but of the mind. I appreciate that offer. In a way, it's a shame that uh, uh, Miss O'Shea is uh, in such 
um, disrepair, I know that she mentioned that her mother was here. Oh, we'll be here a day or two. Maybe she'll recover enough to go see her. Where's her mother at? Where does she live in town? Her mother is institutionalized here in Arkham. Oh. Okay. Well, on the upside, it could not be worse than Dunning. Then what? Dunning was a hospital that we encountered not long ago in the Chicago area. It's, their conditions were appalling. I have That's true. Get something of my work to close the place down or at least see reforms. Even the very water is poisoned there. Not hospitable at all. The train begins to slow just a bit. Seems like you guys have um, seen some things before I joined your crew. Oh, you could say that. The porter announces <laughs> that the train's pulling into the station. You hear a long pull from the whistle on the train. I haven't seen anything, by the way. <laughs> no, Mr. Forsythe, that's plainly not true. You saw the thing in the basement of the Juju house. Right, but in Chicago, I didn't see a single thing. Yet. Uh, I, I know that you've been you've been skirting the I haven't seen anything line for a little while now. We are firmly <laughs> past that, sir. A law man is illusions, please, Mr. Diamond. Perhaps. Perhaps I desperately need them. Oh, don't we all in this age? Um, the train slows as it gets to uh, Arkham and then comes to a stop. Uh, you arrive in at Arkham Station. And at that point, you exit the train. Now the question is, is where does the group plan on going? It's roughly about 6 p.m. Time to eat. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll let one of the guys say that. Well, no, she'd be used to commanding people to do Oh, yes. 100%. (laughs) Okay, peasants. (laughs) It's time to eat peasants. I would be careful calling them peasants, but... (laughs) I also don't know that I want to eat peasants. They don't sound very healthy. You gotta give them a try. I was thinking about my sentence structure. Yeah. Maybe if you marinate them, they're they're probably pretty tough. That's true, too. Yeah, you pull in. You see, for the most part, Arkham hasn't changed a whole lot since you were here, Miss Lane. It's uh, basically the city is divided into two. Uh, There's half of the city, which is on one side of the river, and then... There is another half which is on the other side of the river. Oh. For the most part, uh, you guys will be hanging out on, at least as far as you know, you'll be hanging out on one side of the river because you don't necessarily need to go to the other. But you've been here before, Miss Lane, so I guess the question is, is given your... um, understanding of the area what is your where's your first stop so you would intimately know that um maybe not intimately but you would know (laughs) well maybe intimately who knows that on west college street 
the Hotel Miskatonic is there. So that's definitely a place where you could find lodgings. That might be a good idea to, to start with. The college campus itself is right across the street at that point. And um, you're going to have to search for this Professor Cowles and you're going to have to seek him out. So someone's going to have to get on that portion of it. What was the name of that hotel? Uh, hotel Miskatonic. I will also, uh, taking, a, taking a cue from Jack in Boston, I will procure a local newspaper. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, so you're going to go uh, go find the old uh, fish wrapper? Yep. <laughs> fish man wrapper. <laughs> well, no, that's later. I really hope they call it that. So the paper is in Arkham. It's the wrapper. fish wrapper. <laughs> the daily tentacle. You gather the, the daily, yes, the daily tentacle. Um, <laughs> I think it's That'd the Arkham awesome. Gazette. Yes, the Arkham Gazette, if memory serves correctly. Okay, um, did any of those guys who may have been following somebody, did they get off the train here in Arkham with us? Uh, you can give me a spot hidden roll if you'd like to try to ferret out whether or not they uh, went with. We'll do so. Our success. 3,292. Very good. Uh, you did not see them exit the train. So okay. it's possible either they just traveled as far enough to go to Boston, or it's possible that uh, they were being exceedingly stealthy in, in their movements. That's true. Uh, but yeah, you get a hold of the Arkham Gazette. Uh, shout out to our friends at Sentinel Hill Press who produce the Arkham Gazette. Not that they're, you know, uh, sponsoring the show, but uh, yeah, they have a wonderful Gazette. Still a nice shout out. Yeah, gotta gotta you know gotta plug your friends or people in the industry. Um, Although they could sponsor us, nudge nudge. <laughs> The Gazette is rather thin for the most part. Arkham's not a very big town, but the paper does put out a a fair amount of news. Most of it's college kind of centric, given that Miskatonic is kind of the biggest thing happening in town. Um, But there's also stuff in there about uh, activities in French Hill or the new merchant district. You, You read about you know, plans for spring plays and stuff like that. They're going to be putting on some um, some plays in the spring uh, near uh, Independence Square. What I'd like to know is, uh, yeah, what's what's the what's the aim? And who's and who's leading? We need to get some lodgings, and we also need to see if we can find this professor. I don't think it'll do us much good to try and contact him this late at night. What time is it? It's just after six, Jack. Do they have night classes here? Who are you asking? I mean, Julian would know, right? Probably. Slane, do they have night classes at this university? Did they have night classes at this university? I guess I don't remember. 
uh, or for certain studies, there are folks who work late. Um, you know for certain that the um, the medical college tends to work a little later. And there are some class, uh, so there are some professors who might have night seminars, but it would be class by class specific, not uh, whole department wide. And what's the professor's name again we're looking for? Uh, so you are looking for a Professor Cowles. Um, that's the uh, the clue there, Professor Anthony Cowles. Right on. Um, is there what building is the anthropology department in? Slain. Jack, would you maybe maybe one of us goes over and gets us lodgings for everyone while the rest of us are doing this? Yeah, yeah, I think we should do that. I will do that. I will go get us lodgings. Okay. I bring Miss O'Shea with me. You, uh, you head over, Doctor. Yeah, she's uh, she's ambulatory, but she's just not um, local at the moment. So she's able to move for the most part under her own power. You head to the Hotel Muscatonic and uh, step inside. The hotel itself is probably a little bit like positioned a, a, a bit in a, a horseshoe fashion. There's a main section of the building where the uh, in-room dining is, or uh, the dining room inside, and then there are two north and south portions of the hotel where guests stay. Uh, there's a wide mahogany front desk, and uh, you see that at one point there was a lounge and or bar area here, but it has been kind of retrofitted. given the uh, current political structure. There's a sign uh, on top of the desk that says uh, please ring bell for service. King! <laughs> uh, you see a young gentleman uh, in a kind of a white dress shirt, a vest, tie, come to the uh, desk. He has a brown hair slicked back with uh, probably enough grease to uh, start the engine of a car. Guten Tag, uh, young man. Yes, uh, good, good afternoon, sir. How can I help you? I am looking to procure three rooms, please. Hmm. Alright. Uh, rates start at $5 a day. That will not be a problem. Alright. Then uh, where would you like to stay in the hotel? He kind of gives you uh, a bit of a... There's a, a form he kind of turns towards you, and you see the rate adjustment, and you see lower floors are about five. Middle, uh, there's there's five stories, right? So anything on the third and fourth floor are $10. The suites are larger. They come with more amenities. There's a top floor suite that is about 50 bucks a night. Fourth floor. Three rooms on the fourth floor. Okay. At $10 a night. Yeah. And how many nights would you be staying with us? 
I would like to book for one night right now, but with the possibility of booking another night tomorrow night. Of course, I understand. Um, so that'll be uh, $30. I pay the young man. It seems like an amazing amount of money. Uh, but I'm, yeah, but you pay I'm paying him out of the money from the will, by the way. Out of the travel expenses money, not oh, out okay. of my pocket. Miss Lena reimburse you. <laughs> she well, can. She, you're not there. <laughs> it's true. Well, he knows that you're, <laughs> you, you need a certain standard of living. It's true. Don't worry, I'll reimburse you. Wunderbar. Uh, so now that uh, you know, Sigmund's dealing with the hotel, what are the rest of what are the rest of you three doing then? We headed to the anthropology building at Miskatonic. Okay, you head over to the anthropology building. I am following with Miss Lane. Can we just pick a hall like John Edwards Hall? It's, it's going to be in a hall, but we just mm, no. No, I don't see an anthropology building though. It's okay. It's okay. I'm sure Mike knows where it's at. I do, actually. So you step back onto the quad. This line. Uh, and you can feel, even with the slush and the snow that's present here, uh, you can still see the Copley Memorial Bell Tower. You can see just across the quad... Uh, statue lawn um, you end up passing by Packer House which is on your right as you kind of move towards the quad because what you are going to end up doing as you kind of filter your way through uh, the college, the campus itself is you end up going right uh, and then eventually heading down to Building B we're going to head to the George Loxley Hall so in Loxley Hall, uh, you find a couple of people still milling about the hall itself. Now, this is, uh, at least from what's notated on the outside, this is where uh, the anthropology and archaeology labs are. So while this isn't where all the classrooms are, this is more like where the students actually do the work in regards. Um, they have separate halls for them. Mm-hmm. You uh, pass through the doors get into the inside, and then start looking around. There's uh, four or five people that are still milling about down here. Excuse me. Step a suit in a kind of a red sweater with a big uh, M on it. Yeah. You know where uh, Professor Cowles is? His office is? Uh, Cowles' office is going to be hall. That's uh, across the quad wanted to talk to him about something. Oh, well, you probably won't be able to catch him till morning. I mean, unless you fancy stopping by his house. Uh, we don't want to do bother him at home. Um, what building is his office in? Uh, so, Solomon Hall, if you walk out these doors and head just head straight the other way, the opposite way you came, uh, you'll see Solomon Hall. It's the building on the big building on the corner. It's where all the 
staff have their offices at. Thank you very much. Um, what time to be in in the morning? Any idea? Um, he'd probably be in by eight-ish or so. He gets up pretty early. Okay. Thank you. Not a problem. Just turn around and head back out. At least we know where he's going to be and what time time he's going to be in. Guess we'll have to find him in the morning. Mm -hmm. You head back to the hotel. Uh, It's not too far. It's maybe a five minute walk. Uh, It's a little cold, but it's bearable. Uh, And you get into the hotel itself. Uh, So this is a definitive step down from uh, the Gerard. Uh, so rooms that uh, the doctor has secured for you is nowhere near as nice as Miss Lane's apartment uh, and definitely not as nice as the Gerard. But they are rooms. So there's that. I know they are, I know they are not our usual amenities, ladies and gentlemen, but they will do. And they have beds, which are quite comfy. Squeak, squeak. <laughs> They're also not connected, so that's an important point to make here. Uh, so unlike Miss Lane's, there's no common area. That, unlike the Gerard, there's no suites that are connected. This is hotel room via hotel room. And now that you're settled for the evening, I'm going to call this session here. So when we return to the to the show, uh, the investigators work on tracking down Professor Cowles and see what he can offer them in regards to um, information that might be, might pertain to their investigation. <laughs>